0: Lift your hands to the Lord. The Bible says that when two or more gather in his name, here he is in the midst of us. You must believe it by faith that he's here. Ready to comfort you, to heal you, to restore you, and to nourish you. We thank you, God, our Father. We thank you, Father, that you loved us in such a way that you put your Son on the cross. Thank you. Our redemption, our restoration, our hope, is all in your Son. Thank you Jesus Christ for taking the price of us all and freeing us. Thank you. I declare this freedom over every person here and their families. We stand now by your grace alone we thank you that we are sheltered from Satan we are sheltered from sin and we are sheltered from this world to you belongs all the glory Lord and we thank you I thank you that we are free because of your blood thank you for your blood Lord That presents us righteous before you. Lord Jesus, I pray by the spirit of grace that everyone excels today in their journey that every believer here excels in their journey that they may know you more and more and fellowship with your Holy Spirit love you Lord and we thank you. I pray for every pain that is in anyone's heart, any cry, any hurt that is restored today by your stripes and your wounds because you only have plans to prosper us not to harm us, to give us a hope in the future and I pray for this grace to be upon every person. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 There's a bit of an echo here. How are we all today? We good? Mm. Everyone's okay in this room, or we'll put the aircon on? Aircon up? No aircon? Oh, three people. I'll put the aircon on. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, Yeah, there is an echo. Chris? The echo? Yeah, there is an echo. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bad echo. Alright, he can find it if you want to go. I am. I'm going to start now. I'm going to start talking (laughs) now. Okay. That's better. Yeah, that's good. How are we doing today? (coughs) That's good. Thank God. Ready for tonight? Amen. So last week, everyone remembers what happened last week, yeah? The first stage of entering the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is... Can we have the microphone for that one? So we probably took around 20 answers until someone said accountability. But, yeah, no, it's better, Chris. Still echo, but it's better than before. Yeah, yeah, we'll get it out. I'm going to work the crowd today again. <clears throat> so from last week, so the, the true church of Jesus Christ and why he formed accountability is to, does anyone remember, is to what? To, sorry, to grow Protect you. Hey man, it's the most important one. Protect you. Anyone else? I spoke to elves on it last week. So we established, if you're reading the scripture in context, can we get that scripture up? Or is it, is it a bit of a hassle? The first Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 14. We spoke in that same scripture, Satan roams like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We establish from that scripture that he devours those who are not accountable. Because for a person not to be accountable in the sight of God, unfortunately there is pride operating in that person's heart. And it can be that he has trust issues in his heart. Um, it can be he's had past Bad or bad experiences from other churches it, there can be many ways of why a person doesn't make himself accountable but the, the 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 real issue is pride. Another issue is that he refuses to change and he 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 is accepted that he wants to stay in this world because the true shepherd that is sent from God is to actually allow you to grow in who you truly are that is the true role of a shepherd so we establish that a person who's not accountable is operating in pride unfortunately satan has access to devour that believer because a person who's not accountable let's speak truth now he's he's isolated himself the bible says the bible says that you isolate yourself to your own destruction so isolation is a major key what allows a person to be isolated is pride. I don't trust anyone. And this is the most important thing in, in the sight of God, of how God actually promotes you. God rejects the proud, gives grace to the humble. That's in the same context. So who does he promote? Those who are accountable. Why? Because they've trusted God's process Not man's process It's God's process It's God's way of promoting you Another thing that I see And i like to address this with the body And this is from the Holy Spirit The greatest danger we have in the churches today Is that when someone operates in a gift They seek to be shepherded through a gift Now now, as, as, as shepherds here, we 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 don't we're not meant to seek counsel from someone operating in a spiritual gift. We seek counsel from a shepherd or a pastor. The greatest dangers that I've seen here in this church is that people want to get counsel from someone who's operating in a gift, and the gifts are given without repentance. It doesn't mean that you are qualified to shepherd someone I'd like to clear that here, in this place And I don't take responsibility from anyone seeking counsel From anyone else other than a shepherd Because a gift doesn't lead you A gift is given for you to operate in the kingdom And it doesn't mean that you have the authority to shepherd someone And I'd like to clear that in my heart Holy Spirit brought this up to me today. That so many people they're attracted if they see someone walking in a gifting or in they have dreams or they see in the spirit, it doesn't mean you shepherd. So as as a as a shepherd here, I like to clear this because we have to give an account to God for every word that we've spoken into a person's life. A gift. A gift doesn't shepherd someone A gift is given without repentance It's given through the laying of the hands It doesn't mean you're qualified to shepherd So be wise In who you allow to speak into your life This is just to protect you here So this is the most important thing What I see the Holy Spirit doing here Forget about me what I see the Holy Spirit doing here, bringing you into order so you can begin to grow. The first key is accountability. We're going to learn the second key of how to prosper in the grace of God. Does everyone want to know? Let me get the microphone. So for those who feed on God's word every day, I'd like to ask you a question. So, what do you think is the second step for you to prosper in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? What do you think in your heart of how does God promote you to the next step? So you've made yourself accountable. I hope. What's the next step that you have to do to begin to get to to begin to to begin to get promoted? in the next step of the grace of God anyone? <laughs> so last week, last week it was sad, you know why? because if everyone knew the principle of accountability everyone will get promoted by God now it's sad also to know that there are people who are accountable to those who are not spirit led where they've been controlled by religion or they've been taken advantage of. That's another thing why people don't make themselves accountable. But I'm talking scripture here and I'm talking here in this church. So yes, by the grace of God, I say this humbly, you are guided by the Holy Spirit. And we do this with care. So I'm not here to compare myself with any other church so let's not speak anything else other than what happens here. So the first key is accountability and that shows such a volume of the, the first and most important key is to get Satan out of your life. And the shepherd will help you close those doors to your sinful nature To your worldly desires To things that have to be addressed And to be honest it's from experience That we can speak this Because we ourselves we went through this So the second step This is a good one The second step on how to prosper in the grace of God Anyone? If you were to read the scriptures now What do you think the Holy Spirit would focus on? Everyone's quiet today? uh so, so can I have a microphone yeah because the people on the internet as well discipline discipline You're very close right building a foundation well very close i'm looking for one word obedience Obedience? Very close. I'm looking for one of <laughs> No, I can't give it away. You, you get it straight away. Consistency? Consistency? Focus. Focus? Close. They're all close. I'm not going to say no to anyone anymore. <laughs> you humility? Humility, very close. Uh, Enoch, he said something. Character, character, close. Sacrifice, sacrifice, close. There's one word. It's an commitment? odd word. It's an odd word too. Commitment, commitment. It's, it's a, like, it's, you don't, we don't really use it in context. I gave it away, but... Submission? No. <laughs> I can't hear <live> myself. <laughs> no more asking questions, no more. Dedication? Separation. Alright, um, anyone else? Honour. That, that's with accountability. But it's good. It's good, you're listening. That's it. No one else? Closing the bid. Consecration. Close to what he said. Sounds the same. Microphone. Say the word, uh, Jay. Say it so they can hear. We, okay. give him, we give him. We grace. We give him grace. He serves. Sanctification. Sanctification. <laughs> oh. That's funny. We get. We, got, we got to 2 Second Peter, Second Peter, chapter three, verse one to eighteen. The Holy Spirit took me here. I'm going to break down this scripture. Okay, so let's have a go. So remember what I preached from uh, two weeks ago? That St. Paul said that they have understood the grace of God. You remember that scripture? That they were growing and the and they were bearing the true fruit in Christ and Paul said because they have truly understood the true grace of God. Okay, so I encourage you, we are under the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ now and I think we've understood grace to be so shallow. The Bible, or most Christians, they believe that we are saved by grace. Uh, not by works lest any man boast and it is true but it goes on then it goes on that the grace of god has appeared it teaches us to deny all ungodliness so you start to see there's there's different levels of grace different dimensions of grace but the first one is jesus the cross true grace is him so that's our foundation but then we start to grow so the first one the Holy Spirit showed me the first key is accountability probably the hardest one for accountability to fall on the church and i've seen it probably the most difficult thing that i had to establish or speak about is accountability i really believe that people they they view it in a different way where where the leader or the shepherd may take advantage or control that person, or I don't trust him for my own life. And I can speak so much about this, but I don't want to go there today. I can say this, that those who are accountable, open heaven for the Holy Spirit to minister and speak, because true accountability is true love, true honour and true trust. So let's go here now. <clears throat> now look here. what he says, he said, Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. So what is he doing now? He's writing the second epistle to stir up their pure minds. And he wants, to, he wants them to remember this epistle here, very important. Let's go into it. that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the Holy Prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Saviour. Knowing this, first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, Unto the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. Therefore, in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot, and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, be aware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow, now yeah, here it is. but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. So this is the second key here. <clears throat> he left this to the end. He's showing you all your opponents, all your opponents before this and all the promotions. And I'm going to go through them, and I'm going to flow after this. But here, this letter was written to us, that he has charged us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Do you just grow? How, How is it formed in you? And how do you participate in it? I'm going to share. <coughs> so... Tag this scripture, the whole chapter And let's have a look at the keys here Of how you are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ So the first step, accountability This is the second step And this more has to do with your your own personal work So let's have a look here So let's look at the areas the grace of God focuses on to grow Ready? Whoever has a pen? The first step is that everyone comes to repentance. That's the first foundation. Second step, we are to walk in holy conduct. The third step, Peter speaks about godliness. Now, each one is a foundation in itself, but I'm just laying it down for you so you can understand of the areas that needs to be addressed in your life. The fourth step is without spot or spotless. The fifth step is blameless. The second step is steadfastness. This is the areas of where the grace of God or to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, focuses on. Yes? Let's go to the opposite now. Let's look at the areas that blocks the grace of God from prospering in you. The first one, and the biggest one, is walking according to their own lust. Now this this in itself, I'm going to preach about it. The second step, Perdition of the ungodly men. Third step, lack of repentance. The fourth step is a very big one. Remaining untaught. Remaining untaught. Now if I was to ask you today, when Jesus Christ comes into your life, teach me how I need to walk with him. Can you teach someone? Can you teach Can you teach yourself? What are the steps that has to undergo for you to walk with the Lord? Now this is a very big one here, number four. Remaining untaught. And I really believe this one here, if you remain like this, creates no vision in you of where you're going. Can I say it like this? If you don't know where you're going... How would you have the fire to keep moving? It's very true. So what does the Bible say? Hosea 4.6, my people destroyed by their lack of knowledge. It's true. Christians today, they don't know where they're going. And that's why they keep falling into the world because they're untaught. They keep serving the world. Their appetite is for the world because they're untaught. Number five, twisting of the scriptures, because of their unstable ways So number five, twisting of the scriptures Number six, unstable Number seven, led away with the error of the wicked Meaning falling into error So let's repeat them again Everyone needs to come to repentance first their holy conduct, or in the KJV, it says, holy conversations. Number three, godliness without spot, blameless, steadfastness. What blocks the grace of God from prospering in you, in you is walking according to their own lust. Perdition of the ungodly men. And here, just to just to give you a feel for it, the the son of perdition, or Or where he focuses on, the area that he builds himself as the true antichrist is around money. Is around money. But I'm not going to preach about this today. But the son of perdition of of the ungodly man, one of the, the the main strategies he uses against believers today is money. lack of repentance remaining untaught twisting of the scriptures unstable led away with the error of the wicked okay now let's get into it okay we'll go we'll go here We'll go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 20. And this is simple teaching, but I'm taking you from when you become a believer, God's way of promoting you, accountability, second step is growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a big one. So let's go here. This is simple teaching, but I'm just taking you through the motion. 1 John 2.15 onwards, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now let's stop there. You read this scripture, there are two wills here, the will of man and the will of God And there's a, there's a, there's a distinction there's a, there's, a, there's a line in the middle now drawn That if you're seeking those three things The truth is that you're still in the world That's the way that God sees it So here, what, are, what, is, what is clashing from these scriptures Is the Father's will and your own will that's in this world I just want you to see it, how it's put together. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. <clears throat> he says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. You start to see the the distinction between the Father's will and the will that's in this world. Now let's say this is dominating your life. The truth be told is that you're still inside the world. And, uh, and the most important thing for me is that you speak truth to your own heart. Because if you don't speak truth to your own heart, you can't get out. And you can't... Rely on the Holy Spirit to get you out. We'll keep going. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. (laughs) When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking parties and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it is strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So when I talk to people, in the way that I speak to people firm, I'm actually saving their soul and planting a seed in their life that they should no longer go this path anymore. (laughs) The last guy who... (laughs) Um, told me that you know a few parties a few drinks every weekend it's okay you know he he didn't ask me ever again (laughs) he didn't ask me ever again because I showed him the scripture and it's a picture of your old life wanting to hold on to your old life you must know where you're going you must know that everything in this world is going to pass away. When you, when you look at it like this, you will think and see life way more different. I know where I'm going when I die. I know who I represent on earth now. And that's why every person who professes Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. There's something that I don't want to burn. There's something I don't want to contaminate is my relationship with the Lord. Because I'm telling you, you work so hard to climb that mountain with the Lord, like this, you can come down. That's how easy it is for you to feed and to be consumed by the flesh. So look at these scriptures that I just showed you. The will of man. The will of God It's a fine distinction There's nothing in between You're either there or you're there And it is the truth Satan tells you You know You can drink the cup of the Lord And a cup of demons on the same table It's not true Next one 2 Timothy chapter 2 Verse 20 to 26 Now this is an eye-opener now look what it says here but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver but also of wood and clay some for honour and some for dishonour but they're both in a house they're both in the house of God yes this is the picture of believers that there are going to be someone who wastes their life on earth and that is the truth don't let it be you because that's your free will But it's sad There are not many people would say yes to the Lord. That's what the Bible says, many are called, a few are chosen. It's those who want to say yes, and those who through the encounter with the Lord have understood that apart from him there is nothing, which is nothing. So look what it says here. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honour, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, Patience. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. What is Satan's will? What is Satan's will? Anyone? What is Satan's will? Serve the world. Serve yourself. That is Satan's will. Selfishness. Focus on yourself. It is the truth. Remember, he's talking about cleansing yourself. Those who choose not to cleanse themselves, what are they choosing? To remain in the world. It's very clear. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. that's a long one. We'll leave this one out. We'll go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 to 8. Okay, you ready? I'm just giving you a picture of the first principle. The first principle of overcoming and walking in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is the biggest one. People don't want to give up their life. They don't want to give up their life. They want to hold on to their life. And those who hold on to their life, yeah, it's true. You see why you need to be accountable? You be people of the same mind, the same vision, the same heart. They can encourage you, they can get to you, they can be there for you. Instead of going out of what lies there. So I have a saying and it's true, you choose your friends, you, ch- you choose your destiny. It's true. So let's have a read here. It says, Finally, believers, we ask and admonish you in the Lord Jesus that you follow the instruction that you receive from us about how you ought to walk and please God, just as you are actually doing, and that you excel even more and more pursuing a life of purpose and living in a way that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. For you know what commandment and precepts we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, that you be sanctified. Now AJ and Becky, they got it right. Amen. For this is the will of God. Hang on a second. He's taken us to something greater now, that you be sanctified. Separated and set apart from sin, that you abstain and back away from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, being available for God's purpose and separated from things profound. not to be used in lustful pa- passions like the Gentiles who do not know God and are ignorant of his will. And that in this matter of sexual misconduct, no man shall transgress and defraud his brother because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we have told you before and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but to holiness, to be dedicated set apart by behavior that pleases him, whether in public or in private, so whoever rejects and disregards this is not merely rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to dwell in you and empower you to overcome temptation. Well. So the Holy Spirit, he's marking himself now of the true mark of why God the Father through his Son has given us the Holy Spirit. To what? Help you overcome the flesh. Can I ask you this? When you know the Holy Spirit is like this, what are you to focus on? When I knew the Holy Spirit's more interested in what's happening inside of me here, To to do away with the old man and to break my sinful desires, my rebellious nature and everything that is in this world, I located him. I understood what I'm attached to and what I'm feeding. And that was a bridge that allowed him to continuously speak to me because I understood the things that he has to address inside of me. And that's a process in itself but I'm just showing you how you you are to introduce yourself to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has a personality. You know you can actually introduce yourself to the Holy Spirit where you, you pick up the things that he's interested in that actually allows him not to be distant from you anymore but to speak openly with you. You know why I say this? Because in the beginning... I wasn't hearing the Holy Spirit like I am now. But I've understood now. The first ministry is inside. What happens here in private place in my heart, in my conscience. Okay, now let's get into some direction here. So when it comes to sanctification, there are two areas of where the Holy Spirit focuses. And this is good for us. And it's interesting because it's so different how we see it. And I would like to read it to you. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 17. So let's read it. It's probably the last time I read a whole chapter, but there is two major roles here. When it talks about sanctification, there are two, there are two areas that the Lord focuses on, and it's good. And I'll share it. It says, Now in regard to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to meet him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly unsettled, or alarmed either by a so-called prophetic revelation of a spirit or a message or a letter alleged to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Let no one in any way deceive you or entrap you, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. That is the great rebellion, the abandonment of the faith by professed Christians. Now this is a... The dream that I had from when we were in COVID about the two houses, one getting uprooted from the roots, God showed me many people will turn away from the Lord. Then he showed me damages, um, believers damaged by the roof. He showed me that people um, got attacked in their thoughts from all the corruption that happened in the world, but they recovered. But many. I never forget that vision that I had. I never forget it. And it's a picture. Of the shallow foundation that we have established in the Lord If I can take it back to those two houses I take it back to one major issue The shallow foundation we have with the Lord Meaning the true commitment we have with Him So let's keep going The great rebellion, the abandonment of the faith by professed Christians and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, the Antichrist, the one who is destined to be destroyed, who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and so insolently above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of God, publicly proclaiming that he himself is God. Do you not remember? that when I was still with you, I was telling you these things, and you know what restrains him now from being revealed. It is so that he will be revealed at his own appointed time. For the mystery of lawlessness, rebellion against divine authority, and the coming reign of lawlessness is already at work, but it is restrained only until he who now restrains is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one, The Antichrist will be revealed and the Lord Jesus Christ will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the Antichrist, the lawless one, is through the activity of Satan, attended with great power all kinds of counterfeit miracles and deceptive signs and false wonders, all of them lies. And by unlimited seduction to evil, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who are perishing, because they did not welcome the love of the truth. So you can know the truth, it doesn't mean you love the truth. This is a fine distinction of true believers. He just spoke about false believers here. Christians leaving their faith, why? Because they didn't love the truth. Okay, because they did not welcome the love of the truth of the gospel, so as to be saved, they were spiritually blind and rejected the truth that would have saved them. Because of this, God will send upon them a misleading influence and activity of error and deception, so they will believe the lie. And that is sad. That is so sad. In order that that all may be judged and condemned who did not believe the truth about their sin, and the need for salvation through Christ but instead took pleasure in unrighteousness but we should we but we should and morally obligated as debtors always to give thanks to God for you believers beloved by the lord because god has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctifying work of the spirit now he's gone back to sanctification again you need to get this he's focusing now on sanctification now God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctifying work of the Spirit that sets you apart for God's purpose, number one. Now, the two sanctification works are here. Because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctifying work of the Spirit that sets you apart for God's purpose and by your faith in truth of God's Word that leads you to spiritual maturity. It was to this end that he called you through our gospel, the good news of Jesus, death, burial and resurrection, so that you may obtain and share in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold tightly to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting comfort and encouragement, the good well-founded hope of salvation by his grace, comfort and encourage you and strengthen your hearts, keeping them steadfast and on course in every good work and word. Okay, so let's have a look at this here. This is important for you to understand. So when it talks about sanctification, look how Paul addresses it here. Now there, verse 13, for anyone who has the Bible open, the verse 13 speaks about the first, the first sanctification that's your position in God's kingdom. It's crucial that you know this. So the first sanctification is your position, positional sanctification, which sets apart for God's purpose. The second one is practical sanctification, is a progressive process And means growing in righteous living And this depends on your personal relationship with the Holy Spirit So isn't it interesting why he gives you a position first What do you think the Holy Spirit Before he gives you a progressive uh, slow growth to maturity He first gives you a position You know what that means He gives you your identity That this is who you are now Imagine working for something you don't know who you are. Imagine you as a believer working towards something that you don't have. So the first one, he gives you a title of that you are set apart for God's purpose. What does that tell you? When you're set apart for God's purpose, no longer you have a vision that you're in this world. Remember what the Bible says, that we are seated in heavenly places? You know, so what, what, what is Paul doing now? Paul is addressing something so important for us. The two sanctification work. The first one is your position as a believer. When you know your position first, you work towards it. You work out of that place that you already accepted, and God has already put you in this place. Then the work begins. Does that make sense, everyone? Let me explain. Second Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 9. Now look, it's interesting here. Let's have a look at these scriptures. Now why did he save you? Does anyone know why Jesus Christ saved you? Look what He says here. He saved us and called us with a holy calling. You see how they're always together? He saved you and called you. He didn't just save you for the sake of saving you. He saved you and called you. So what is he doing first? He's enlisting you into your position, your identity. You have a calling now that's from God. You have a belonging. That means you cannot serve yourself anymore. Because I really believe, imagine you you accepting Jesus Christ and not knowing you have a calling. You'll be wandering all your life. That's what Christians are doing. They're wondering all their life, "Does God? Is God gonna use me?" The Bible tells you. What plan does He has for me? The Bible tells you. He already sees you in this way. So let the Scripture speak for itself. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the. Time began. Next one. 1 Timothy 1, verse 12 to 16. Now this is the biggest one. And i like to explain. The biggest rejection of the Spirit of grace is this here. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now the greatest way, the greatest way, You can block the grace of God from your life is rejection Can God really use me? God cannot use a rejected person He loves you, but he can't operate through a person who is operating in rejection Or condemnation Did you hear that? A lot of people say, I'm not worthy to be used, be careful what you say Because here, God counted him faithful in Christ Jesus, putting him into the ministry. So who puts you into the ministry, yourself or God? God does. And he counts you faithful. So the greatest way God doesn't work through a person is if he feels rejected. He feels not worthy. Something to pay attention. So the enemy knows this. So he continuously beats the Christian up by what? Condemnation. I don't feel like I'm worthy. I'm a failure. This is the greatest way you reject your calling. I keep reading it. And I thank Christ Jesus, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And don't get me wrong, there's a process in that, but I'm just showing you. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. You see, God enlisted him because of what He counted him faithful because of what? Because of his mercy. So you're in the ministry, you're in God's family ministry because of his mercy. So isn't it interesting that Satan attacks your personal effort and takes your eyes off God's mercy that slowly allows you to lose your power to operate in God. God. remember it's not how hard you stand it's how much you receive his mercy because his mercy is the is the gateway to his love and is the gateway for you to reject everything that is not of him remember the one who the one who forgiveth much he what he loves much. And that's mercy in itself. It is the truth. So the one who's truly been forgiven from the Lord loves him the most. And that foundation is mercy itself. Next one. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. This is positional sanctification. You must know your position as a believer. So if someone was to come to you today and say, this is who I am now. I'm God's steward. I'm God's workmanship now. Every believer here now is that person. And then you go through the process. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. See how big mercy is? Next one. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great of a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, it says, Now that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it on my own yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So you start to see here, the two areas where God focuses on, your position. You must know that you belong now to your Heavenly Father and you have a calling on earth. If you don't know this, you'll be trying to cleanse yourself for nothing. But when you understand that you belong to Him, you you have a position, and that you work from that position, everything begins to climb in the right direction. So the first sanctification work is your title as a believer. How many people know here now that they are God's workmanship? How many people here would say, I'm not worthy, I'm not ready. Is this really who I am? And it's, in, and it's right in a sense. All your life you've been taught a different path, a different way. It's true. All your life you've been fed with that desire that this is who I am and this is how the world functions And I have to adapt to it But how does God see you? As his workmanship A walking epistle So why is it so important that you know where you, who you belong to And your role on earth Is because you don't feed yourself anymore You don't feed your earthly desires anymore Everything in this world is going to perish what will last is the calling of God of your life. And you live for something greater than yourself. Something that outweighs this earth is your calling on earth. So the two sanctification works are what? Your position. And Satan attacks these areas so hard. I'm a failure. I'm not worthy to be used. I always make mistakes, I'm inconsistent. But when you deal with the position, Satan can't take that from you. Whether you like it or not, by his blood, he's enlisted you into this place. So your position as a believer is crucial. Okay. Let's let's go to practical sanctification. So the word sanctification is from the Greek, hagizo. Is that right? Hagizo sounds right. It means to make holy, to purify, and this is the big one, mentally to venerate. So where does it begin, sanctification? in your thought process. We're understanding that? In your thoughts. So you have two worlds, Satan's domain, he attacks your thoughts. One way he comes with the world, the other way he comes with condemnation, failure, guilt. He attacks those two dimensions. One is from the world, the other is emotional, failure, disappointment, discouragement. He attacks either way. If that doesn't work, he comes through this way. But you need to know this. So the word sanctification, if you want to look at it in a a, a true sense, it's to mentally venerate. Meaning, sanctification begins in your mindset. Meaning, by the renewal of your mind. And how do you renew your mind? Let's go to John 17, 17 to 19. Look at this here. How do you renew your mind? It says, sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart for your purpose. Isn't that interesting that the first thing God does is set you apart, meaning you have a position, meaning you have a new identity. You work from that identity. Imagine working towards something and not receiving it. That's why God doesn't do it that way. He transfers you into a new identity Meaning you can work from the area of peace You work from an area of rest So look what it says here Sanctify them in the truth Set them apart for your purpose Then make them holy Your word is truth Just as you commissioned and sent me into the world I also have commissioned and sent them believers into the world For their sake I sanctify myself to do your will, so that they also may be sanctified, set apart, dedicated, made holy in your truth. So you begin to see here, God saves you for a calling. He doesn't save you for the sake of just saving you. He saves you into your calling, because that's who you truly are now. You represent heaven now. You represent Jesus Christ. Let's go to Second Peter chapter one, verse two to four, and I'll finish off with this one. Remember from that scripture that I wrote about growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? Look what it says here. Look how he begins. It's amazing how he begins because he's showing you what is the true grace of how to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look what it says here. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Next. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust so what is the true grace and knowledge of our lord jesus christ it's to what how do you grow in the true grace and knowledge of our lord jesus christ all the promises and his true divine nature is given to you. Why? To escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Can you see this? Can you see this? So what is the second step of growing in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Everything that I preach today. All his power, all his promises is to get you out. Of everything that this world stands for And how you feed That lust that is in this world So bless you all And I want you to think about What I preach today Because the different stages of grace The different stages of grace promotes you into the next level And you begin to see What am I working towards? And you know how God sees it? You're working towards to be his hands and his feet on earth. That's how God sees you. To be his hands and feet on earth. And that is what every believer must understand. That the true grace that is given to us leads us into a holy calling. And every believer has this calling on earth. You you better believe it because that's what God's written over your life. So the two sanctifications, position, belonging, and the sanctification work, the slow progress work of the Holy Spirit. So bless you all and um, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. From all this teaching, I, from all this teaching, I can see this: that God is establishing you on the true foundation. I'm telling you the truth. If there's something that I can say to you, God is establishing you on the true and right way. And out of all these teachings, you start to see the different dimensions of grace and how you have to be so attentive to the true call of God over your life. So attentive. Don't don't get common with Jesus. Don't get common with your faith as in don't get comfortable. because we have such a work to do inside of us through the Holy Spirit so we can get to our final and true destination with our calling on earth so how does God see true grace that it's operating through a believer that he is operating in his holy calling on earth what is your calling many people cannot answer because they haven't heard from God and it's true if I was to ask you now what did the Holy Spirit tell you regarding your calling Many will cannot answer, why? Because they haven't gone through the motion First accountability, second position, sanctification I know who I am, I'm working from this place now Then the sanctification work of your flesh Dealing with the old man The the fleshly man The carnal man, denying the world And that's that's a testimony in itself But you must know where you're going It's a vision God wants to put a vision in you because as long as you have a vision you'll fight for that so important that you know this God is establishing you on the right way there's many promotions, there's like 13 levels of grace and I, and if I can say this humbly if I was to preach the, the grace of God this, this teaching would always come to me, this teaching the, the, the wrestle with the world, the wrestle with the flesh My life, his will, which one is it? This is the wrestle that we have now So I encourage you to, to be, to be a, a true believer, attentive to hearing this message and putting it into practice because it's so important that God establishes you in the true grace of God. So open your hands please as long as you're in this place we are we are to get motion. we are to excel we're not to stay the way we are please understand this we are to continuously grow and to continuously be who we truly are in Christ don't become religious, this is who we are and this is what we need to deal with you have the fleshly man to deal with now the sanctification work of the flesh the sanctification of my mindset. I know who I am now. I know that my life is for the kingdom. I'm working for this place now. I have a different appetite. I have a different desire. I have a different fire. That I'm to win souls and to build his kingdom on earth. So I pray this prayer for you that this this message of truth enters your heart. And slowly, slowly begins to have value in you So let's pray We thank you Father In the mighty name of Jesus Christ I pray Father That the sanctification work of the Spirit Begins to take place in their life First as their position, their identity and Then the slow progressive work Of their fleshly man I pray Holy Spirit That you help them. Help them accept this. And help them understand who they truly are on earth. Thank you Lord. We love you so much Lord. This is the true gospel. This is the true grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray by your grace. That they are established in this truth. Every person here that they're not looking for anything else but to be established in this truth. I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to be given to them, to help them accomplish this work of the true sanctification work of the Spirit, which is the true will of God. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. And Lord, I also pray for every person here. Who has lost value for your word Who has lost value for your truth Who has lost value for your calling For their calling I pray for the people here that have lost that value For their calling on earth Lost that true desire of commitment To walk with you And to be participants of who they truly are I pray for that fire to burn in them again. Thank you, Lord, that they don't become common with you or comfortable with you. Thank you, Jesus. I seal this prayer and I give you all the glory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.